1996. The country sees the debut of Major League Soccer. The Nintendo 64 is introduced to gamers in Japan and North America. But Sean Connery's been avoiding gang rape in the washroom while having his sex appeal lost at Alcatraz. GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am your ever-present host, LPJ. With me are a couple scrubs and a guest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To my right, sitting in the captain's chair for a change. Sphinx! And to my left, sitting in his usual stinky chair. Hovercraft Joe. Hovercraft Joe. What made it stinky? It's because it's his seat, the one he's always in. This chair rules, LPJ. How dare you? All right, fair enough. We have a special guest with us today. We do. How, is, how special is he to you? Well, he's my other brother. So quite a while back when I was back on the show, uh, we had my older brother, Tony, do Beverly Hills Cop with me. And now I have my younger brother, Stephen, with me. Stephen, welcome. Hello, and uh, thanks for having me. Sure. Yeah. So who do you like better? <laughs> well, I mean, it's an easy answer. <laughs> I mean, I'm the youngest. Everyone saves the best for last. So there it is. Breaking. I already like you better. <laughs> oh, you know. Whatever. <laughs> so this week we are doing The Rock. We had uh, we had Stephen come in and 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 I got a text from Sphinx here, and Sphinx says, "Yeah, Stephen wants to do The Rock." I said, "All right." Actually, what was the what was the first movie we were talking about doing? I I think The Rock. Yeah, I thought we were talking about Tombstone, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Steven, did you say you had another Oh, one I commented mind? online about oh, uh, that's Tombstone, what it was. which that's I do was. enjoy that movie, but uh, The Rock, I've probably seen a lot more. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah. what, what drew you to, what, what made you pick this one? Well, I'm a 90s baby, and okay. uh, you know I've seen this a good amount of times. I mean, uh, when I was a kid, I think the first time I saw it was uh, with my buddy Brad, uh, the usual sleepover type deal, and you know we had rented it and enjoyed it, and uh, I don't know, just been on TV a whole lot and never seemed to turn it off whenever it's on. I'm not going to lie. This was my first time watching this movie from wow. beginning to end. Bullshit. Really? Wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's Sean Connery, who I love. Yeah. And early Michael Bay are movies I watched and enjoyed. Bruckheimer. Yeah. You know, I, first time watching this from beginning to end. That is bizarre. Yeah, well, it is a long movie, that's though. That's crazy. It, is, it actually does feel long, too, at parts. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've seen pieces of it. I know quotes of it. Welcome to The Rock. And <laughs> things of that nature. But never saw it beginning then. That wow, blows my mind. That, yeah, that is shocking. I know. I'll let you go first because I don't remember exactly. Uh, you when know, I, saw I, this. I, I don't really either. But based on, uh, I have the release date on this as June seventh, ninety six. I bet. Which so, is one day before his birthday, Stephen's birthday. That maybe that's uh, maybe that's why you picked this one. So huh? yeah, subconscious. <laughs> so I don't know if I saw this in the theaters because June seventh, ninety six. I would not have been seventeen yet. So no, I would not have been able to see it, but I would have been turning seventeen the end of the month. So maybe I got a feeling. Seeing. I got a feeling we saw this in the theater, and I got a feeling it was probably at AMC Westland, where they didn't give two shits if we went in or not. You mean Showcase? Showcase Westland. Westland sorry. Yeah. <laughs> How could you forget? You worked there. No, I worked at I worked at uh, Quavadas. Right? No, not Quavadas. No, no, no I, th- I think we went to I went the Wonderland Mall. Oh, okay, okay. I was gonna say I thought you worked at the movie theater for a couple weeks. I did, then, yeah. Sure, then, I did. I worked at Sugar Swiss. Okay, got it. But no, I was thinking I was thinking AMC Wonderland. Okay, because I don't have a specific memory of seeing this in the theaters, but who knows? It could be true. I know I've seen it and you know seen it multiple times. Sure. I hadn't watched it in a while until yeah. we watched it for the podcast. But so yeah, I, I can't a hundred percent place whether or not I saw it in the theaters. But maybe you're right. It's close enough to me turning seventeen yeah. that we probably saw it. And even if you weren't seventeen, yeah, there's ways around that. Would, we probably would have saw it on the <laughs> terrace or something. Yeah, that's true. And seventy-five cent there, whatever it was. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like this used to be a movie that was on TV a lot, but I can't yeah. think of the last time it was. Yeah, I think it, it used to be one that they'd show on like TNT like all the time. Yeah, yeah you're right. It was on all the time. You're right though. I don't. I don't remember recently seeing it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I actually had to rent it. 
which from from Amazon. Which I, I rented it from uh, Comcast to watch it. I got it from the Canton Public Library. Ooh. Well, I as well got it off of Amazon, which I was a little little upset with <laughs> yeah. the price. But I was like, yes. that's a that's Six a nice bucks? that's yeah. a nice move. That's what a uh, friend of the podcast, Jody, always tells us to check the library. He says they have everything there. They I do. do it all the time. Uh, <laughs> I checked the Westside Library online. They did not. Um, what it's I should have done stole it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I should have done is I almost guarantee Dad has this movie. I think you're right. Actually, I think Dad does have this movie. Yeah. This is definitely it's funny because like. The, apparently, the the Sphinx family loves his Jerry Brockheimer movies. Yeah. Oh yeah, because <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop was Brockheimer. Yep. As is is this one here? Maybe it is because our old man, like I I know, like Armageddon and Bad Boys. Yep. Like we watch those movies as a family, mm-hmm. which we might have watched this as a family. Maybe I just didn't remember. I was only ten. <laughs> it, yeah, I don't remember watching it like right when it came out. That, but yeah. possibly I was six. So do you, <laughs> do you remember if this is a? I don't remember this being huge like well, at first well uh, and this is i mean maybe we can get into this a little bit but i i as far as my research goes i had the budget on this at 75 million yeah mm-hmm. which is not too bad but a worldwide gross of 335 million dollars yeah oh no i remember it being successful that's an, ins- that's an insane turnaround for that the investor huge. there yeah but i don't remember like i don't remember it being i think it was big i remember like like because again was after this right uh, yes, I, I yes. but like like sphinx kind of said like they'll like welcome welcome to the rock like that's like you know like oh, that was yeah. like, that's like a household like oh. thing no, you're it, right i think this was a huge thing and i think maybe it was a little bit of a sleeper kind of like they weren't sure going into it but it, I, I think Maybe it was that's a, what I, I think it was a big it does thing. seem like uh, during production they may have had some hiccups and issues going through with it but uh <laughs> yeah yeah, well, this is you know going into our director. It's Michael Bay. Yep. And this is a second. This is a second movie. Yep. I, I mean, Bad Boys the year prior was his first one, which that was a good success. Um, but but you're right. I think actually, from what I was looking, this doubled what Bad Boys made. Oh wow. Oh yeah. Um, oh, that's crazy. So and then after that, I think was Armageddon, and that I think actually almost doubled The Rock. Yeah. So by Bay's third movie, you know, he is the one of the leading action, you know, directors in in Hollywood. Yeah, because he couldn't miss for a while there. Yeah, and then he missed a lot when he started <laughs> to do Transformers. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I got a quick pop quiz for us. Pop quiz, hot shot. Um, what was Michael Bay's very first job in being a part of a movie? It is a famous movie. So I'm asking what do you think the movie might have been? What do you think the movie? What do you think the movie was? His very first job working in Hollywood. He was young. I'll okay. tell you that. It's a little bit of a hint. I mean, it would have to be something like... Huge movie. Huge movie. <sighs> was it Beverly Hills Cop? It was not, but you're right around the right time. Because uh, it had to have been something with like with like Simpson and um Nope. Not at all. Can we get a genre? It's action. It's an action movie around that around the somewhere in the eighties. I don't know. Was it Robocop? Nope. Uh Ter- Terminator. Nope. It was uh he did storyboards for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, oh. shoot. Nice. He actually didn't think it was going to be a good movie, <laughs> which I feel like is kind of telling maybe of Michael Bay's career <laughs> a little bit. He was, he was like, where are all the explosions and guns in this movie? I don't yeah, why, get it. Why are people diving and shooting? I don't understand what's happening right now. Uh, so yeah, that was his first, and that kind of gave him a, an appetite to want to do movies. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, our producers are Don Simpson and, and Jerry Bruckheimer, um, which they are quite the duo. They are indeed. This was going to be their last movie that they were going to do together. Anyone catch the story behind that? Um, I just saw that they they were looking they were looking to break up the partnership because uh, Don Simpson was like he was like a drug addict basically <laughs> yeah, right yeah. and like so Bruckheimer wanted to break up the partnership because he was disapproved of that but then Don Simpson ended up dying during production yeah, yeah. due to he had heart failure because of his drug problems well, you know cocaine's a hell of a drug <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that is correct so um. And then it been going on for a while, too, because I think we yes. were talking about that during Beverly Hills Cop. We sure did. <laughs> That's probably when it started. <laughs> Could have been. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's that was actually man. real cocaine in Beverly Hills Cop, the movie. <laughs> yeah. he had. Simpson was just taking it home with him. Right. <laughs> he's like, hey, guys, no need to get this. I brought some. I had a, a little bit of extra. I'll just bring it in from home. Uh, 
Um, this is an interesting one as far as, um, well, maybe not, but does anyone want to take a quick stab at what, in the, in, if you didn't look it up, LBJ, the Rotten Tomatoes score on this? I did not look it up. Mm. <sighs> so Rotten Tomatoes, let's see. I'm going to say it's probably at like 60%. Okay. Steven, what do you think? I thought it was higher. I thought I'd glanced in, in the 80s. All right. I, I'm going to say... I'll say right around 79-80%. At 66%. Ooh. And with an audience score of 85. So Yeah, that makes sense. Which makes sense for a movie like this that it's yep. going to get a high higher audience score than a critic score, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like this is starting it's not quite the height, but it's definitely escalating into the prime 90s action explosion-y type movies at yeah. this yeah. point. Where, you know, yeah. I have a quick question maybe you guys can when did this come out relative to Con Air? Like what's the is there is there a big difference between these two or Con Air was the next year, I believe. Con Air was 97, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was just curious cuz I Oh wow. So this was like Man, can you imagine so it was this, then Con Air, then Armageddon like they were all summer movies. Yeah. yeah. So like each summer, wow, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. And and then again, Bad Boys the year before this one. Yeah. I mean, Bruckheimer and Simpson, well, not Simpson after this one, but. And then 99 was, I don't know. Was this? Oh, the, 99 was Matrix. That's Yeah, true, but that yeah. wasn't Bruckheimer. No. But. Was this the first like full on like action movie for Nicolas Cage? I believe it yeah, was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I mean, obviously he's in been in tons of stuff for well, a sure, long time, but. Well, no, even before was, that, he was in a lot of stuff, I feel like, before this. He won I mean, an Oscar before this. Was it... Uh, Leaving was Las that? Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas, yeah. Which is not an action movie. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's interesting because even in the movie, he doesn't take on the action role fully. You know, no, like that's I, kind of the part of his character. Yeah, I guess that's true. He's kind of like the reluctant hero, you know, yeah. Yeah. the fish out of water, if you will. Yeah, yeah that's a good introductory go. <laughs> role for action movies for him. Yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah, I think Con Air was probably his first big, like, so action. So he made this, and they're like, hey, maybe this guy can be an action star. Then he did Con Air, and they said, oh, no, maybe not. <laughs> 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 he didn't make another one until National Treasure. Ooh, <laughs> which yeah. is also Bruckheimer. I, yeah. Which I, is good. Just, like, spoiler alert, I cannot wait to do a National Treasure episode <laughs> on this. <laughs> do we consider? I guess it's, it's action That's absolutely movie. action. Yeah. <laughs> I do love National Treasure. I, like it. I, I only watched the first one. I never saw the. How second many are there? Second one is still good, it's but good. it's not as good as the first You're one. Right. We're Forget talking it. about National Treasure, so. Oh. Quiz hot shot. Ed Harris. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh. I knew it was coming. Nick Cage and Ed Harris have done another movie together, and it was yes. National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets. All right. Uh, I, th I think I have another little tidbit to uh, go off of that. Is it a pop quiz? Uh, I think do it, it could be a pop quiz. Pop quiz hot shot. Well, uh, I guess I kind of jumped the gun on that. I, I, already, I already hit the I, button. Dude, it's all right. He fucks up all the time. <laughs> what else is new? Either way, uh, there is another character involved in this uh, who probably doesn't have a name but was in both. In National Treasure and... And in this movie. Oh. A very small role. And he ha he, it's the same role in both movies, actually. I think. Oh, I, I saw this. I think I saw it, but I didn't. I don't remember. It didn't stay with me. I is he like oh, someone is like a Navy uh, SEAL or something? Nope. No, it's um um um, it's the guy from uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, he gets his car stolen. Yes, he gets um, carjacked in both movies. Oh, God, what's his name now? I have no idea I what his know. name is. It's it's the brother-in-law, the 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 sheriff from Breaking <laughs> Bad. Damn it! It's all right. You got it. Wait, you the brother-in-law, um, the DEA yeah, agent. Yeah, DEA. He, he, he He's in this movie. Just, just as the guy who gets his car stolen. Oh. And in National Treasure, as oh. a guy who gets his car stolen. No. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. You go ahead. I, I was gonna, I was gonna start rolling through the cast. Yeah, I was just gonna say, let's get into the cast. Yeah. So. Hey, we should get into the cast. <laughs> LBJ, shut up. <laughs> I can actually, I can turn you off. I have that power right now. <laughs> um, our, our, our lead role, which is... All right, I'm throwing it in. Pop quiz, hot shot. James Bond. Uh, no. Oh. Our lead role, who is Sean Connery, playing John Patrick Wilson, how long does it take into the movie before he actually shows up into the movie? I saw this. I can't remember exactly. I feel like it's like 30 minutes. It's longer than that. I think it's like 45 minutes. Steven? Uh, I believe he's, I think it was about 26 minutes. Uh, there, 25 minutes. 
Sean Connery finally shows up in this movie that he is like, I remember the poster vividly. He is in the front middle <laughs> of this poster. He's, yeah, he's in the credits. He's first billed. Yeah. And let's, well, he's a producer. Who's freaking Sean Connery? <laughs> Sean Connery kind of runs this movie is the <laughs> yeah. research I found out yeah, in this film. Yeah, I, I heard the I've same. got some awesome stories. Let's, but can we just, let's get this out of the way just right yeah. now. Like, he is supposed to be James Bond, right? Like, that's, Basically, that, yeah. That's like the I thing. So. Like, the, the joke about it is like, okay, yeah. he was an agent for the Brit- British in the 60s. Yeah. and all. He, He's James Bond, He's right? essentially James Bond. Okay. Although they, they figured it out where uh, he would have been captured in 1962. Which, Which is Doctor No. Doctor No. Yep. So, but he's James Bond. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he is, and, and it's awesome. Yeah. No, it's it's great. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Connery didn't like his lines, so he brought his own screenwriters in to rework all of his lines, and then they end up rewriting like half the movie anyway. <laughs> So I find that awesome. Yep. He also didn't want to go back and forth from yeah. San Francisco to Alcatraz. So they <laughs> built him a cabin on the island yeah. for him to live in. I saw that. That's awesome. <laughs> I think Sean Connery was responsible for half the budget of this film. <laughs> probably. I think you're probably well, right. And then there was another story where Michael Bay was getting pushed back from yeah. the studio. So... Sean Connery's like, all right, you know what? I'll just go to this executive meeting, this producer's meeting with you since I'm a producer. In a golf like, outfit. In a golf yeah, outfit. Because he was going like, to go golf. Yeah, well, I like this kid. Do whatever he wants. <laughs> like, okay. Here's a better question is, since he's Scottish and he showed up in a golf outfit, is that like American golf outfit, polo shirt, and khakis? Or did he show up in a kilt? No way. He's He's got the, the goofy ass like <laughs> hat with the little He's essentially wearing top. what Goldfinger wears in the golf outfit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. That's essentially what he's wearing. You are totally right. I mean, yeah, just looking at these stories, it just sounds like Connery's like, I'm, you know, because that's the other thing about Connery, right, is he's very picky with his movies, especially post James Bond, because he just hated being in, in, in yeah. the spotlight. And so I feel like he's totally like, yeah, I'm going to do this movie, but here is a list of my demands and I will make this movie well, great. Well, he didn't sign on to this movie until he knew Nicolas Cage was going to do it, yep. which, which blows my mind. Yeah, that's really, that that, I saw strange. that too. That's like, okay, Nicolas Cage, I'm on board now. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> yeah, that was weird. That's very strange. Which Nicolas Cage is up next. He is our FBI agent, Stanley uh, Goodspeed, 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 which that's a weird name, but whatever. <laughs> um, Ed Harris. Which I've always liked Ed Harris. I love Ed Harris. Right? Yeah, yeah I, Ed Harris I was, is great. I always think of him in uh, Apollo 13. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. I was going to say, good guy, bad guy, I think he is always great in every role that Have he does. Have you seen Westworld? Yes, oh, I love him, the man in Westworld. black. Yeah. So good. <laughs> he is General Frank Hummel in this movie, um, which is roughly based off of a actual colonel, uh, David Hackworth. Um, that actually, the, the idea of this movie kind of was off of this. So there was a 60 Minutes that um, Don Simpson watched a few years prior to this movie that talked about the exact thing that Ed Harris's character is upset about, that there are you know, military soldiers overseas that are um, doing these covert operations that end up dying, and the American government can't acknowledge that, that they were dead. And so 60 Minutes actually did a whole special on this, and Simpson was kind of like, oh, we should, you know, kind of base this off of that. And that's kind of what got this movie started a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Uh, I got Michael Bean up next. He is Commander Charles Anderson. I have a pop quiz. Uh-oh. Pop quiz, hot shot. Our old friend Michael Bean. Yeah, yes. I, have a, I, have a, I have an interesting Michael Bean pop quiz. How many times has Michael Bean played a Navy SEAL? I know the answer to this, so I will go last. I don't know the answer, but I don't know. I'll say five. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know this. This would be three. Yep. Yeah, it's three. Name the movies. <laughs> Aliens. Yep. The Abyss. Yep. And this one. Oh, no. Oh, so then it's, it's, it's four. four. Okay. So I thought that and, was it. And Navy Seals. Oh, oh, Navy, oh. Navy Seals. Navy Seals. We got to do that on the... We, on we really do. That I've never movie. seen it. It's actually not terrible. I mean, it's terrible, but it's great terrible. I think I've seen it, but a long, long time ago. Oh, yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's awesomely hot, gar- hot garbage. <laughs> we got John Spencer, who is FBI Director James Womack. He just, he reminds me of, from West Wing. Yep. Leo well, McGarry. Wing, yeah. Yep. Um, David Morse, 
who was Major Tom Baxter, who mm-hmm. was kind of Ed Harris's like kind of sidekick guy yeah. uh, on The Rock, and he's been in a bunch of different stuff. Yep. Has anybody ever Green did, Mile? Maybe, uh, maybe I was pushing this, but he has a little bit of a Forrest Whitaker eye, doesn't he? Like <laughs> kind of Lars? Yes. I, I, I don't guess, think so. I guess I didn't notice. I don't know. He, he could he, he could do a very good job playing a stroke victim. I feel. Wow. <laughs> good lord. You're definitely related to Sphinx. <laughs> Throwing some heat. <laughs> the last person I had, which there are others that I noticed in the film, but I have William Forsyth in there, uh, who was FBI agent Ernest uh, Paxton. There's a ton of people in this. Yes. John right. C. McGinley. John C. McGinley. Oh, Tony Todd. Yeah, Bokeem Woodbine. Who who is who is Candyman? I know Candyman was in this. The, That's the, Tony Todd. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know his actor name, but I knew he played the Candyman. So. Philip Baker Hall. He's in this. Anthony Clark, the comedian, is in this. Claire Forlani. There's a ton of people in this. I, I know. That's why I said I, I could keep going, but I didn't <laughs> want to. No, it's, I'm doing it. Too. And this is the second movie back-to-back with Xander Berkeley for us. He was in Terminator as well. Terminator 2 as well. Who was he in Terminator 2? He was Todd. Who's oh, Todd? shoot, he was the stepdad, the one who yeah. gets the oh, knife. Oh, you're the, right, and he is uh-huh. in this. He's one of the agents in the beginning, isn't Z- he? No, he's one of the... Seals? One of the Seals. Xander Berkeley's oh, okay. great. Xander yeah, Berkeley is great. Remember how great he's he was He's also in, 20, in Apollo 13 with Ed Harris. Yeah. He was great on 24. He was great in 24. He was. Didn't he get contracted with the virus or something well, in the no, first season? No, 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 no. Like, it was like the second season. Mm. God, we did. Anyways, there was like that <laughs> nuclear bomb that they had to get rid of, and he flew the plane to get rid of it. But anyways. And he's also in Walking Dead as well. That's true. Gotcha. I had a funny story about William Forsyth, and so then, then you start it. going off on all of it. It's better be really funny. No, I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> I bet it's terrible. Three weeks into shooting, um, people didn't recognize who oh, he was, uh, yeah, I saw and this. they thought he was an extra, <laughs> and so some woman apparently yelled at him as he was eating a hot dog, like, hey, you're not supposed to be eating that food. That's for like the real <laughs> actors. And he's like, it, it's me. I've been here for three weeks. And then he's like, if, if the top Bill is getting hot dogs. What exactly are the um, extras, the extras getting? He's like trail mix. So, um, I, I liked that story. So while we're uh, talking about the cast, do you guys want to run through some net worths real quick? Sure, if I can figure See. out what that is. <laughs> there we go. Hey. All right, so let's start. I only did a couple, but let's start with Ed Harris. What do you think, Ed Harris? Net worth, Ed Harris. Mm. I'm going to say now because he's got – he's Continued acting. I'm going to say he's sixty million. Okay. No, I'm going to say forty. Okay. This is Price is Right rules, right? Sure. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, I don't think it's ahead. I'm going to go twenty-five. Ooh, you win twenty million. Yeah. So uh, let's go with Nicholas Cage. What do you think, Nicholas Cage? <laughs> Probably not known for spending his money wisely. No, but he's been in so much. I feel like yeah. he, I feel like he's got to be near a hundred million. Okay. Yeah, but he's constantly in debt, and he has like seventy-five wives. <laughs> I'm gonna say he's at like n- like total net worth right now. Yeah. I'm gonna say five million. Okay. No what do you way. think? Uh, I have no. I'll go fifteen. Shot in the dark. Twenty-five million. Oh, shit. Oh. So, and then finally, Sh- Sean Connery himself. What do you think, Sean Connery, James Bond? See, I don't know, because he retired. Yeah. Does he I feel like he's very from... wise with his money. That's uh, you're you're on the right track. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'll say he's around a hundred million. Okay. I'll say eighty-five. What do you think? I'd say eighty-five. I'll go seventy. You guys are all incredibly low. Three hundred and fifty oh, million dollars. Sean Connors oh, were three hundred mil. And the asterisk is always, of course, according to what the internet tells us. But that's I mean, he Damn. must have made a lot of James Bond money. Yeah, maybe yeah. he had royalties. He gets a or lot. He, I'm sure he gets a lot of residuals from James Bond. And he would yeah. have to at this point, yeah. So, but those are the only three I did. But I, th- I think those. Are, I was very well. surprised by the uh, Sean Connery. Wow, one. that's bizarre. That's only fifty million less than Schwarzenegger. Yeah, <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah, have Good. they ever been in a movie together? Schwarzenegger and Connery? I don't mm. think so. <laughs> I would like to see that. <laughs> well, I don't know if I well, would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was going to do some impersonations, but I decided not to. Nope. <laughs> nope, nope. All right. Um, what we should we do up next? I, I mean, the music is Hans Zimmer. We didn't pull anything up, though. I, no, nothing it's, it's, memorable. Yeah, it's, but it's not, Yeah, it's not very... I mean, it's fine. It works, but it's nothing... It, it's very Hans Zimmer action movie 1990s, which yeah. I feel like like Black Hawk Down yeah. kind of deal. Some Just other one we had on yeah, It does a great yeah. job of blending in and setting yeah. a mood. 
And the, I mean, like the writers, I didn't really get too much into. It. I don't know if anyone's uh, thinking the writers. No, I did, I did find something which uh, kind of made me laugh. But I guess it, had, it a lot of people had had hands on this script before, and I had heard somewhere that Quentin Tarantino and Aaron Sorkin both at one point uh, put some input. Which I feel like, you know, I, I really enjoyed the West Wing and Aaron Sorkin's very walk and talk type deal, and a little bit of that does show up in a bit of the dialogue. Um, I was going to say, though, do you think the two of them like their name tied to this movie at this point? (laughs) Uh, Probably not. Well, Well, I think they're both uncredited, so maybe that... (laughs) Actually, the majority of the movie was initially written by Jonathan Henslaw, who wrote The Punisher... Mm-hmm. The Thomas Jane Punisher. Let's not even talk and about that. It. <laughs> and, That's a sore uh, subject. And uh, Michael Bay had to fight to give him credit mm-hmm. because um, he because when they did the rewrites, he didn't write fifty percent of the script after the rewrites. So they the film bureau wouldn't give him credit for it. So he ended up getting credit, I think, later on, but it wasn't in the actual initial release of this. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, how about we we kind of run through what we got here? In terms of his plot, dig into the plot. Okay, uh, I mean we're, I mean I guess like we're start, the movie starts where we're introduced to Ed Harris's character, yep. um, kind of like setting up his whole like arc or plot, if you will. You know, he's visiting his wife's grave. I forgot this part of the movie existed. <laughs> Absolutely, when I watched it uh, from the beginning, I was like, I, I do not recall yeah. seeing this. Yeah. I don't remember this. Part. Why did he choose to visit his wife in the pouring rain? Couldn't he waited some <laughs> other time? It's more dramatic. It's a very yeah, yeah it's a very dramatic. It's thing. a very Michael Bay thing. Yeah. I, it, it, and basically we learned that like he's upset because he you know he's been this like military man his whole life and he's had like he was leading a mission where like a lot of his troops were behind enemy lines and like they basically wouldn't give him clearance to go in and save him so he, they all got sacrificed and they're they're not giving him like uh, the they because they were doing like these covert ops like I think it was ne- for desert storm right yeah they're doing like these covert ops so they the government won't give them like the the families like the payouts and stuff and like basically acknowledge that they died because they were doing these covert operations at least from my understanding of that's his beef yep. kind of yep. yeah and so he wanted to essentially give those families money right which is going to kind of become part of his evil my nana my my I can't say the word my <laughs> maniacal maniacal thank you plan there. What? Yep, so that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate you. Well, you could continue the story along. No, he's doing good. Uh, <laughs> Jackass. So they, his team, they break into a military facility. Uh, they steal uh, this nerve gas, I believe. So, hold on, I have a little bit of a question Tennis here. balls. So this nerve gas on this vault is secured by a padlock that they cut <laughs> with bolt cutters? No. Yeah. That's all that's stopping him. It's a padlock. Well, uh, and like a plastic, uh, uh, like a punch sub punch card that you yeah. put into the door. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. they're busy building Sean Connery's uh, what's sweet on the rocks. So, I guess, yeah. You know, I, they just had to cut some corners somewhere. I also have a question about this nerve gas. Now, is really the only way they could store this in those weird, like, hooked together, precariously, <laughs> like, balls of the vibe? Well, like, well, like, how is that the only way you can store this deadly nerve gas? And like the most fragile, like <laughs> hooked together balls in this like chain. Like, I, no, come I, on. I've got a note on here that uh, what's his uh, good speed does say something about how, oh, it's the very Ill- elegant string of pearls configuration and how <laughs> unstable it is, which is pretty much like uh, this was the cheapest and easiest way for us to string it together and make it look. But yeah, it's a terrible idea. It's just like a, they it's probably a, wind, it's a wind chime of tennis <laughs> yeah. balls. They probably took those from Don Simpson's cocaine stash. He was probably put. And stuff in there. You're not wrong. But like we got all these empty, weird-looking circular glass containers. Well, and and then I mean, this is later on in the movie, but the guidance chips are like <laughs> plug-in chips <laughs> in the middle of this thing where he's. Why doesn't he just like lift it a little bit, pull it out, <laughs> well, put it back in? Yeah, they, well, they go through the whole thing, and he's oh, you know, taking the guidance strips. You're also leaving just piles of yeah. the world's most toxic <laughs> chemical weapon just around. Just leave it there. At yeah, one point he puts it into a grate and it's like, oh, that's fine. We'll, we'll just, we'll be back. And, and during that heist, like, the one guy drops one, so we're kind of shown like the effects of this nerve gas and it's pretty, looks it pretty awful. melts your face, Raiders yeah, of the Lost yeah, Ark. That's yeah. what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Is that's this a real gas? I'm not trying to be silly, but yeah, I mean, is there something like similar to it in real life? Uh, yeah, actually, yes, it's real. 
shit. That's know? amazingly terrifying. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> awful to know. I hope they don't store it in the same way. It's an extremely <laughs> toxic synthetic chemical I hope compound. they don't have it deadbolted with the password behind it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the combination is one, two, three, four, five. Oh, yeah, this stuff is real. <laughs> Good Lord. And dangerous. <laughs> um, so then we're kind of, we're introduced to Nicolas Cage character, who is Stanley Goodspeed. He yep. works for the FBI. He's like a, what is he, a chemical weapons specialist or something like that? I can't remember his exact title. That sounds good enough. I, I, I believe that is on the nose. Uh, we're introduced to him into a scene where they get like a package that's full of like anthrax and he has to like diffuse it and like save the room full of people. Which I thought that was a cool scene. Yeah, it's kind of a neat introduction to his character. It kind yep. of, it's, it's a little tension and kind of shows you kind of the eccentric character that Nicolas Cage is going to be for the movie. Yeah, yeah. he was, uh, it was interesting. I just, that scene, I just really wanted to slap his partner the entire time. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Nicolas Cage is busy diffusing this bomb and this guy's just running around like, my suit's melting, help me, we're all going to die. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> I just wanted to mention, I forgot about this till I'm looking through my notes. I rented it on Comcast, and all the, the swear words and the closed captioning were, like, bleeped out. The oh, swear really? words? Like, yeah, the swear you? words, they were, like, in the closed captioning. You know, it'd be, if, if it was, like, shit, it would be, like, S, and then you know how you're, like, oh, number yeah. sign, dollar sign, like, all that. I thought there it was are weird. a lot of F-bombs yeah, in this so movie. I was, I was, like, what is happening? I was, like... Anyways, sorry. I like how there's a little bit of that payback too, like when they're having that scene and they're telling them how they got to take that big needle and shove it in their yeah. heart. Yeah. yeah. And we find out, you know, Nick Cage has to do that at the end. Yeah. I also like because my brother is here and he gives me shit about my vinyl collection <laughs> that Nick Cage is on the same side of me that um, vinyl is way better than listening to CDs as he pulls out that classic Beatles record. Yes. Uh, okay, when the end of the world is here, do you want Nicolas Cage to be on your side? Because <laughs> you can have him. Also, hey, you, you saved the day here. Also, would you pay $600 for a record? I would not. <laughs> um, but that is actually, if that is an original, that's a classic yeah, one. Yeah, I was going to so. say, that's probably, yeah. Um, well, and I guess Nick Cage actually feels this way in real life about his vinyl music. I, I can see that. that. He's also, he had like a big comic book collection at one point too, I know. Yeah. So um, and we're kind of introduced to Nicolas Cage a little bit more. We meet his girlfriend, whose name I don't remember. But Carla. She, Carla, thank you. Okay. Uh, and she's like pregnant and he's not sure if he wants kids and she proposes to him. We're kind of just giving some more background on Nick Cage and stuff like that at this to point decide to have sex on the rooftop that's true which is a weird decision which but. is she wearing like an outfit uh yeah, they doing like some weird like cosplay thing or Probably. something that's just kind of weird. <laughs> well, he's Nick Cage. No. That's I bet true. He probably what, wrote that part himself. Well, I did read that he told Michael Bay he wanted to show off his body in this movie. Oh well, well that's, that's that's great. Which is weird. That cause. is because like he, he wasn't anything. <laughs> no, he wasn't like like in Con Air as terrible as that movie is. He was kind of jacked in that movie. Not so much in this. <laughs> maybe maybe Con Air was making up for what happened in this movie. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then so um, so we go back to Ed Harris. Basically, he takes his team out to Alcatraz and they take over the island. Yeah. And they have all the tourists that are out there. I think there's they have 81 hostages. They have the VX, what is it? Uh, gas. VX what is gas, it? gas loaded into like rockets that they're basically threatening to fire on the city uh, unless they pay them. And I, uh, I can't remember the exact amount of 100 money. Million. 100 million. It's like 1 million to each of the uh, guys that he like lost that they won't pay out benefits for. Yep. So when he gives them a, a timeline. <clears throat> Um, and, and this which was only like seventy two hours, I think. Yeah, it wasn't a yes. ton of time yeah. that they gave. But them, then like, I put it in the. But then I put it in my notes. It feels like they really drag their feet on getting this solved. Like the amount of time it takes to decide to to bring Connery in, and then yeah. he ends up like they're like, oh yeah, enjoy the hotel, relax, well, whatever. It's like you have a major <laughs> national emergency well, on it, your hand, and you're it, letting Sean Connery get his hair cut. And that is one thing about this movie that I forgot. It's like there's a lot of shit happening before they get to that island. Oh, yeah. Like I was like, I could not believe. I was like, are they still not on the island yet? <laughs> I was I like I said, I had not watched the whole thing in a while, but I'm yeah. like, there's all the stuff at the hotel and there's a car chase and there's all the stuff and like get to that island yeah which a little bit about the island have any of you ever visited alcatraz no i have not i have not as well not really i've been to san fran and we uh i think when we went it was kind of a last minute thing but we couldn't get onto oh. the island so we just did like looped around it it's really cool like i if you ever get a chance to go you guys should go 
Um, you, you get to tour all around it. And for the movie, because it is a national park, um, they did not close. Yeah, I saw that, that they wouldn't close it. So people were there just taking tours while they were shooting the movie. Yeah, which I think <laughs> that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, and I guess Ranger Bob, I believe, was actually a, a real ranger. Um, and Ed Harris, I guess, found him hilarious. <laughs> I did see that where he's like, oh, he was real funny. Like, okay, great story, Ed Harris. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, I, I have a quote here. Apparently someone, when they were being put into the cells, which when I did the tour, they did not put us into the cells and locked it. I feel yeah. like there's no way that would really happen. But one guy's like, what kind of fucked up tour is this? <laughs> Just like that line. So it's, it's at this point, they're kind of discussing options. And, and I don't know. I didn't quite get this. And maybe someone could explain it to me. They, one of the options was to basically send the planes out to bomb the island but they they were waiting for something they needed something that was was it going to like negate the nerve gas is it that was, what it was uh it, it's it was resistant to napalm the gas was okay so that's why it was developed is it was resistant to napalm so it couldn't be burned up so they needed something that burned hot enough fast enough to actually burn up the gas before it was it would disperse and that was this thermite stuff this thermite plasma that was still in the development stage okay. and not weaponized yet. Okay. So that was why that wasn't their first option. So, and then they decide that they're going to send in the, uh, the SEAL team, mm-hmm. I guess, but they need, they don't have a working knowledge of the island. So that's kind of when we're introduced to Sean Connery's character because he's this former SAS operative that was, you know, been locked away since the 60s. But then we're not really told that near until near the end of the movie. Right. Like everything's kind of hush hush of who this guy actually is. Right. Uh, we, they just kind of introduce him as a guy who has this like real deep knowledge of who escaped from. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he's the, the only, only known there. person to escape right. successfully from right. Alcatraz. But like they're like on like paper or whatever, he doesn't exist. Like they basically have him locked away, and he does. He's not even. <laughs> he's not a citizen of anything. Yeah. Right. I like the scene in the interrogation room when they first bring him in. So they're kind of doing like that good cop, bad cop, and the you know the bad cop um, Forsyth uh, is the actor's name is trying to be all tough guy and all that kind of stuff. And then, like, Nick Cage is like, oh, or I don't know if they shove him in there, or he's like, well, I guess I'll give it a try. And yeah. it's just kind of, like, awkward, but it's funny. I like that. And then he takes that quarter. Oh, my gosh. Wait, so I have a question about that. <laughs> yeah. So he scores the glass with the quarter, but then just uses his elbow and punches through it. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't break where the circle that he made with the quarter was. He just basically just needed his elbow. He was just weakening it, that's all. <laughs> I don't know. He, he didn't have his bond watch with him, or right? he didn't have his Rolex to, <laughs> no, to shatter it. I, I mean, uh, you know, I work on cars and stuff. So, like with uh, what's it called, the glass that they use, basically everything except for your windshield. Yeah, that actually is has a little bit of merit to it. Once you weaken the structure of the glass, it is not quite as impact resistant as it would have been naturally. Ugh, he nerd. does he does body work, so <laughs> Whatever. I believe him. He used his damn elbow. He didn't need the quarter. I yeah. stick to that. You know, he should have just used his forehead. It would have been more impressive. <laughs> hey, that actually been pretty cool. Didn't he play hockey with the fucking Red Wings? <laughs> what? You didn't catch that line. That was a good, yeah, good yep. little line in there in the inter- interrogation. I liked it. They, a little shout out to the Red Wings. <laughs> Uh, so you know you never say quotes LPJ <laughs> never in fact in all of the episodes of this damn show I've done with you you have never referenced a quote that we're alive you're coming with me I wish I I wish I <laughs> I wish I had written down what he says when he smashes through that glass because it's something like, "Oh, I thought I smelled you" or whatever it was. <laughs> it was something, yeah. something like that when he because he he's a, he's a real like real past history with that uh, with Womack. I tried to say I tried to write down a lot of Connery's quotes. I did miss that one though. I did get. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? <laughs> yeah. But like oh. the, the gist of it is, is that they're gonna offer him a pardon if he'll help him out with this like. Uh, trip to the rock or at least well they yeah. didn't even tell him anything about it yeah initially they're thinking they just want like information from but yes. th- this is when he's kind of like all right well i'm not going to help you unless you get me this uh suite at the fairmont hotel and i want a shower and a shave and all that stuff yeah and and then we get this car chase which is fun <laughs> I, I don't know how necessary it, it is. is completely well, unnecessary well, well, let's, let's not okay let's before that let's not skip over the part where he he takes that rope and he ties it around Womack's <laughs> yeah. wrist and then throws him <laughs> off the balcony and like I like somehow like he's in pain but I feel like that would like rip your arm <laughs> right off your body and then he'd fall uh, it, to it, the ground it, dead well I mean he is in a sling later I guess but here's, here's another thing like one you're you're in a fancy suite why is there like a clothesline attached to the shower <laughs> 
<laughs> you can afford this $500 a night room, but I'm going to air hang dry my clothes after I take a shower. Is that what that was? Was it I'm assuming. What the, what yeah. the hell else I, would it be? Yeah, because he's in the shower and he's just like yoink and like yeah. rips it off there. Oh, also, I'd like to point out that the hor- horrible stereotype uh, hairdresser guy, uh, played oh, by God. played by Anthony oh, Clark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I when I was at Central attending college, I once saw him do stand up there. So, oh, good deal. <laughs> was it better than what we saw in the film? Yes, it was. Well, I remember it good. being kind of funny. So, <laughs> but you're right. Then that so that leads into the car chase, which seems completely unnecessary. Before that, though, I'm sorry. One last thing about the hotel. They actually used the Fairfield Hotel in San Francisco. And the scene where he is leaning over the balcony, people like freaked out and started calling the cops. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, I feel like in a very sign of the times, uh, Sean Connery steals and is driving his uh, Humvee or Hummer. Yeah. yeah Humvee. Which is like, it was like, remember how popular those were? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, all right. And that was, I got a note on this. Once again, I'm a car guy. And he says, oh, we got a, a Hummer going down the street doing 70. I don't believe that vehicle can go that fast. <laughs> Probably not. Like, Especially in San Francisco. Well, too. just anyway, you would have to be going like completely downhill, like top fuel dragster <laughs> style to get that thing. And it's uh, that was the other thing. So I looked it up. It does zero to 60 in roughly 30 seconds. That is not an exaggeration. <laughs> and then his for uh, what's called Nick Cage's Ferrari does zero to 60 in about four seconds. So it wouldn't it shouldn't have been a car chase. Wait, Nick Cage was gone in 60 seconds. Uh, uh, which uh, which speaking of quotes, remember, remember when he crashes the Ferrari and the guy's oh, like, yeah. the guy's like, hey, man, you you just fucked up your Ferrari. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not mine, and neither is this. And he steals his moped. <laughs> uh, how about remember when the Humvee crashes into the uh, the trolley, and the guy's like, "We're gonna crash. Save yourselves. Oh, yeah. My baby's going down in flames. That motherfucker ain't safe anywhere." Yeah, yeah the hysterical like black was guy racist. was. That, yeah. Um, well, you know, Nick didn't write the movie, but the, the guy was. Yeah, I'm sorry, and. Uh, yeah, there's just there's a lot of really unnecessary explosions. Like the meter maid runs into a Ford Escort, yeah, and that incites an explosion. And then, of course, it does. Oh, that was it was it was an enjoyable scene to watch. I, I find I found out that apparently when they um, first showed the movie for a screening, uh, I'm blanking on the name. What, what what do you call it when you're trying to get a first read on the audience? Test screen. Yeah, sure. Uh, the first testing of the no, film. I think that's right. Test screen. It's test screen. <laughs> I, I think I had something else written down, but it doesn't matter. Um, apparently, they said that something was missing. So this was the last scene they added in the movie, was the whole car chase. Oh. They needed to have some pizzazz, I guess, in the beginning of this film because people were kind of getting bored. Because as huh, Joe mentioned, I, <laughs> we're not even at the fucking rock yeah, till halfway. Yeah, I guess yeah. if you think about it, yeah, that's really the only action scene that happens. Yeah. Uh, well, with the exception of the opening scene when they're actually stealing the gas, but there would be an hour-long lull yeah. until you yeah. got to the actual rock. Yep. So Connery was basically he wants to go see his daughter that he had one of the times he broke out of prison. So he has a little meeting with her. He gets taken back into custody. He's telling them all about the tunnels and stuff that he used to escape. But uh, somewhere it becomes apparent that he's going to have to go on this mission with them because he can't really explain it well enough to them. And they're sending Cage along as well because he's the weapons expert and they need someone that knows how to deal with the gas. Um, and then we're, we're, as soon as the seal incursion, the deadline is down. They have 15 hours left is what yep. we're down to. And they make a big, big deal of letting you know that like before they go on the mission, that the green smoke or the green flares, that means that like mission accomplished. So mm-hmm. they make a big point cause it's going to come up later. And yeah. <laughs> and then it's, I find it interesting that, okay. So the, the seal operation begins but the the guys on the rock know that they're coming. Yeah, because they see all the helicopters. Yeah. Yes. So wouldn't that provoke them to then do the attack? Well, they but don't. They don't. So wouldn't you already be thinking these guys are bluffing at that point? Because he Ed Harris specifically, I thought he said in the beginning of the film, "Don't try to show up, otherwise I'm going to shoot off the rockets." But then he clearly knows that they're coming because they're having all this communication. And then I think they even know that they drop people down into the water. See, that's what I think maybe they don't know. Because they send like three helicopters and they all kind of break off into different patterns. So I 
I don't necessarily think that maybe they didn't know that they had dropped the guys in the water. I think maybe they thought they were just doing kind of like a, a flyby, you know, kind okay. of like, like I think that's, I mean, listen, I know what you're saying, <laughs> but I think that's the out we're supposed to believe in the movie is that they, they were just sending them out and kind of, they thought maybe they were just getting the lay of the land or they were doing like observation. They didn't realize they dropped the guys out. Yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. what I would say. Um, that's where I say we get a lot of underwater stuff. The movie becomes Thunderball. <laughs> I wrote that yeah. down briefly. Too. I'm like, is this Thunderball? <laughs> <laughs> this is, and the, above my Thunderball note, I have Connery is definitely supposed to be James Bond. That's what my note says. <laughs> oh, 100%. Um, so they come in, uh, they get to the island, they go through kind of these tunnels that he found. There's a scene where he like rolls through the furnace. <laughs> which which Bay himself said, why would the furnace be running when the <laughs> yeah. prison hasn't been in operation well, for 30 years? That, he rolls through the furnace and then opens the door, right? Yeah. So if he could open the door from that side, when he was escaping the first time, why would he even roll through the furnace if there's a door right there that he could have accessed? <laughs> I, I, I didn't think about that, but you're right. Like, yeah. why would he have memor- memorized the timing? Well, and Michael Bay's response, because it's fucking sweet, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then he's got to say, welcome to the rock. Yep, that's where he says it. Um so the, the team's, like, incursion point is going to be through this, like, shower room. But they set up a little earlier in the movie that the bad Marines had put in some kind of, like, motion sensor there. Yeah. So basically they end up getting caught in a trap. Uh, all the bad Marines are above them. All They're all in the shower room below. Some kind of, like, accident happens where, like, they're not going to start firing, but, like, someone... somebody knocks, like, a brick off of yeah. the top, the top uh, wall there. And there's, like, a giant shootout, but basically it ends up with the SEAL team all getting slaughtered. Yep. Yes. Because they're in, like, basically a kill box. Essentially, yeah. While underneath the washroom is when Connery said my intro that I had to today's episode, <laughs> avoiding gang rape in the washroom is like losing my sex appeal. So, <laughs> which apparently I found out in the from from the research here that all of these funny lines throughout the movie were all just improvised. Yeah. These guys are just shouting these random bizarre things off at will. Yeah, and I guess uh, what Michael Bay in the beginning uh, passed on this movie because he didn't think it was serious enough, and then he finally gets it serious, and then all of his <laughs> actors just ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> so this goes down. Connery decides that he's going to leave. He's just like, I'm getting out of here. Yep. That's where we get a little more about his background, how he like stole all these secret files from Hoover, and he was caught. And, yeah, and like, Aliens and Roswell is yeah, a thing. And he, and he gets caught, and basically he was held without trial for all these years. Um, Cage convinces him essentially to stay and help, or I don't even know if he convinces him. He tries, and then Connery decides. Uh, Connery decides because the rockets are going to launch, and his daughter is in San yeah. Francisco. So it, if he doesn't help, then his daughter's going to die. And then I think he makes a comment that like he can't, he's not going to be able to swim this yeah. At, yeah. at his age. And and I don't remember why, but at this point in my notice, where I have his quote about uh, losers. Oh yes, <laughs> where he says losers always whine about their best, winners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> I don't remember why he too. says that, but it's apparently at this part in the movie. Uh, yes, I think Nick Cage is because about, yeah, Nick talking Cage, about trying his best to defeat. Yeah, he's about to get Nick Cage to actually do some real combat, and he's like, "Are you ready?" And he's like, "I'm going to try my best," and okay. that's when he says it. Another thing, though, about Connery leaving, he's going to San Francisco where he knows the nerve gas is going to get released. Well, and I think that's wouldn't he of, actually stay on the island? <laughs> <laughs> well, I th- yeah, just I th- go to his cabin that they built for him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so their plan uh, is essentially they're going to go to where they have all these rockets and remove the guidance chips from them so they can't launch them, so they can't lock onto targets. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the next part of the movie is them trying to defuse all these rockets. And it's kind of the rest of the movie. Yeah, actually. basically, yeah. I mean, we get some other action scenes. There's a weird part where, can someone explain to me why there's all these, like, mine carts, like, <laughs> in? <laughs> I, I Did this become the Temple of Doom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so my note was, why is there a roller coaster on Alcatraz? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and I was talking with Aaron about this, or uh, what's it called? What? It's either like a laundry system, <laughs> but it was like oh. way too dirty, or it could have been like to transport coal for the boiler, which is a yeah. reach. It's a it's a reach. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. let's go with that. There was there is no reason for that to be there. It was so weird. 
It was so weird. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what's funny? I have the same note where it says, suddenly it's Temple of Doom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I also have this at the point Which Michael Bay hates Indiana Jones. Yeah. So I don't know why he brought it back. <laughs> I, have a, I have a note that says, Connery sets doc, Dr. Cox on fire, which is yeah. uh, John yeah. C. McGinley. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, Torch's leg is what I wrote. <laughs> yeah. And then I wrote, why throw grenade when you know he's going to throw it back? Yeah. Which, right? can someone explain to me, like, and we don't have to get into this too much, but how much like of a delay? Is there on like grenades from when you it throw it? It depends on the grenade. Okay, because I feel like there was a lot of time from when he threw it. Uh, there was a lot of time to yeah. when he threw it back, <laughs> um, and that's where uh, Cage kills someone. I think for the first time to save Connery during that action sequence with yep. the mine cards. Yep. yep. Um, in order to try and stop them from doing, because at this point Ed Harris is kind of on to what they're doing. They bring out one of the hostages and are yep. like, "If you don't come and surrender yourself, we're gonna we're gonna kill this hostage." Um, so Connery is like, you go keep doing the work. I'll go. And I really liked kind of that exchange he has with Ed Harris. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. I wish I had it more written down, but he's kind of like basically calling, uh, Ed Harris out on his bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Where he's like, you're a man of honor and you're going to kill all these people and all stuff. It's pretty great. And you can kind of see it in Ed Harris's eyes too, that he's like, fuck, he knows I'm not going to really do this. Yeah. And he wants the guidance ship back, but that's another Connery smashes the ones that he has. So mm-hmm. he can't give them back to him. Um, he's trying to stall Ed Harris basically so Cage can defuse the rest of right. the rockets. Um, but he gets stopped. Yes. And then they end up in the cells. Well, and yeah. that's when Nick Cage <laughs> says, I'm in the name of Zeus's butthole. Did you get out of your cell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is improvised. Yeah. yeah Which is a big surprise there. <laughs> that's the best Nick Cage could come up with. <laughs> So they get out of the cells. Connery's going to leave the island again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I don't know why at this time. Like, how did the situation change? He's not like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna go to San Francisco and, and yeah. test. The, I think the guy's bullshitting me, so I'll be safe, I guess. Maybe. So Connery changes his mind again, comes back, breaks the, goo- breaks the guy's neck who's trying to kill Nicolas Cage. Yep. Yep. Um, they, they're gonna, they launch a rocket because they're the time i think the deadline was up so they're gonna launch yep. a rocket but then ed harris kind of stops it like at the end because he, he can't quite go through it he yeah he it redirects for, into the ocean before right? it hits the target i have a note here that says Candyman is not happy about it <laughs> no we then get a mexican standoff between yeah, all these soldiers I, because ed harris is it was always going to be a bluff yeah yep. and if they didn't get it he was just gonna Cut, cut bait and, and leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the mercenaries who he hired were like, no, fuck that. We want our money. Which yeah. makes sense. Yeah. If I was a mercenary, I want my money too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and then they, they do a good job of like foreshadowing the whole movie about that. Basically, Ed, Ed Harris is going to be a good guy. Like when they first get to the rock, he goes up to the kid, the children. And he's like, oh, go tell your teacher that you guys need to get on your, uh, yeah, what's it called, mm-hmm. on the boat and get out yep. of here. Like they constantly allude to him being a good guy. And then like, once uh, what's it called uh, Connery and Goodspeed get captured, you really start to see the debagginess of the two other mercenaries, yeah. and they start getting Nancy and really annoying. Yeah, him. because they're like people that they brought on. They're not part of Ed Harris's crew, like right. the Marines. They're like additional people that they brought on, and it turns out that they're really just there for the money. Um, we also learned that the president has approved the airstrike on the island at this point, so the the clock's really ticking. Um, during when the bad guys are arguing and there's a shootout, Ed Harris gets killed. Yep. Um, yep. Well, uh, uh, I have a, a pop quiz, if you will. Pop quiz, hot shot. Uh, the man who was the president, who does not get any credit, was the pre- played the president of the United States in another movie. What was it? Uh, I, I saw it. I, saw I don't it remember. <laughs> um, that's an Armageddon. It is Armageddon. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Uh, so Cage goes to disarm the mm-hmm. last rocket. Um, that's where there's that ridiculous scene where Candy yeah. Candyman shows up. And he tells them that like you're the rocket man. And yeah. He like f- he fires the rocket and it like knocks him out the window and then he falls yeah, and like impales him. And yeah. Impales on a fence. Yeah. yeah. Which Why is, not? Why? <laughs> I figured the rocket would just like go through him. Maybe? Yeah, you would think. And, and it, I, it was John Travolta style Broken Arrow. Oh, totally. <laughs> and, and I'm curious. <laughs> and, and like <laughs> at this point, because that's the last rocket, right? Mm-hmm. It's fired. They have all the chips. Yeah. So why are the Marines still? fighting at this point like they, the rockets are gone they can't launch them anymore like why are the guys still going after Nick Cage and Sean Connery at this point when you like cut and run like your plans ruined the rockets are all gone done like what are you going to do I, what was there no I think there plan? was there was one more rocket right but because he runs into 
uh, what's it called? Yeah, there's one more on the it, roof. Yes, uh, oh. in the lighthouse. The lighthouse. No, yeah, that's that the one he was going after. Now, yeah. when he gets impaled, he gets impaled by the lighthouse one. Right, and then he gets. There's uh, one more. Yeah, there's one more on the roof because they're uh, what's it called? The the last marine with the really big smile. Yeah. Yeah, him, and that's the one where, uh, he where has, he's gonna put the, yeah. the he put yeah yes. they, yes. yeah because they're fighting. He basically takes one of those precarious uh, chemical balls and sticks it in the guy's mouth and like smashes. Yeah, mouth. gives him the uppercut. Which right. that's a cool death. Okay. Yeah, it is cool. And he, so that's what that's right when he has to stab himself with the uh, atropine. Yeah, and then he runs because the airstrike's about to happen. He runs out with those green flares. Yeah, that we classic, learned so much about. The classic Michael Bay shot, uh, <laughs> panoramic, and he drops to his knees and. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. But like one of the one of the bombs or missiles like does get off though. Like even though they they break off the attack at the last second, but one of them still falls and blows up like a chunk of the island. Yeah. And Nick Cage goes flying. <laughs> yeah. But it turns but it turns out Connery saves him, drags him out of the water. Yep. Uh, he lets Connery go. Uh, he tells everyone that Connery died in the explosion. He was vaporized. Yeah, because they're because the Womack is still like obsessed, wants to see the body, but he's like, "Oh, it was uh, vaporized. You're not going to yep. find anything." Um, so th- the last little bit of the movie is because he gives like a, he tells uh, Connery tells Cage kind of like where he hid his the microfilm the microfilm. The microfilm. So the last little bit is uh, Cage and his fiance now wife are in uh, Fort Walton, Kansas. They're at like a church, and he comes yeah. like running out, and like the priest is chasing him, and they like jump in a car with like just married, and he's like, "Oh hey," he's like, "You want to know who really killed JFK?" Yeah. And that's the end. That is the end. (laughs) (laughs) A wild Michael Bay adventure (laughs) from beginning to end for sure. 100%. This was was classic Michael Bay. Yes. Are we ready for a little lightning round? Sure. Sure. Let's do this. All right. So I got nine questions for you. All right. We're going to try and roll through these quick. Number one, this film was nominated for one Academy Award. What was it? Sound editing. Sound mixing. Uh, I have no idea. It just said sound, so okay. I'll give it to both of hey. you. Hey, sound. How far offshore is Alcatraz Island from San Francisco? Three miles. Five miles. Two miles. Stephen was the closest. One point two miles. What other movie? Oh, I already, I already did this one actually. Sorry, I got to skip that one. That was the one with Nick Cage and Ed Harris. Yep. Michael Bean has been a na- Oh, you did that one too! Yes! Crap! <laughs> Nick Cage's character was originally named not Stanley Godspeed, but. Or Goodspeed, but. Uh, what was I his saw, first name instead? I saw this, I can't remember. Ralph. <laughs> no. Stanley! <laughs> no. I don't know. Steven? No. No. It was Ben. All right. How long into the film until we see Sean Connery? 26 minutes. Yes, we did that one too. Man, this one didn't work out as well. How many times has Alcatraz been in a movie? 15. 7. 12. 17, so I'm giving that one to Joe. Hey. What is the death count in this movie? 25. 32. Uh, 29. LPJ, did you know that one? I did. Yeah, okay, I was going to say, because it was 25, which has you two tied for the last question. How did the first and last man die? The first man died They both got the, the chemical. chemical. Yeah. There you go. Well, shit, now we have a tie. <laughs> Lightning round over. Oh. I don't know what we do with a tie now. I'll get you next time, LPJ. Yeah. All right, here, I got a pop quiz. We'll see if we can get it. All right, hold on. Pop quiz, hot shot. This is the... First of two Michael Bay movies to feature the song "Living Leaving on a Jet Plane." What was the other? Oh, I know it. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know. It was it Armageddon. Yes. Yeah, it's no. the answer to every pop quiz. <laughs> is Armageddon. It's Armageddon. <laughs> nice. Uh, LPJ, do you got a role reversal for I us? I do, kind of. Yes, I do. All right. So it's time for some role reversal. Is that Sabbath? Yes. <laughs> Good work. Um, so this one, there was some conflicting information, so I just, so for Mason and Goodspeed, right? Yep. The person who was, they, they said offered the role or was taught in talks, Arnold Schwarzenegger for both of those roles. Not at the same time, obviously one <laughs> or the other. 
Uh, I did not see for both. I saw for Stanley Goodspeed, and I think that that would have made it. It would have been horrible. Like it, it needs to be a nerdy person. Yeah. Like I yeah. just, I just terrible. Like in my mind, I ran through like Albert Einstein, like doing curls in the gym, talking oh, yeah. about the theory of relativity. Like you can't have a nerd who's that jacked. Like it just doesn't work. I could see maybe a version where he plays the Sean Connery role. I mean, okay. it'd be a completely different movie. Yep. But I could see it. Maybe like. Arnold Schwarzenegger today in 2019, <laughs> not not back in 1996. Yeah, that's fair. And then the other one I had was for the director. I saw this. It was Tony Scott. Uh, yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah, I don't. I I, yep. could, I, could, I think he could fit into that pretty yep, well. I'm pretty I mean, sure. I, uh, uh, yeah, it would have been the, pretty much. The <laughs> I think it would have been about the same movie. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, are we ready to rate this guy? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. So, uh, usually our guest goes first. No, our guest gets to pick. Oh, our guest gets to pick. <laughs> it's been a while. I apologize. Well, I'll go first. Uh, well, I, I think this I enjoyed this movie, uh, and I always have, but I, I feel like it does a good job of walking the line between campy and being pretty decent. I think the plot is something different, uh, being that it is, you know, home-based terrorists attacking the United States in theory. Um but it is very cheesy. Uh, I'd give it a solid three and a half. Like I, I enjoy watching it, but it is not that great of a movie. <laughs> I, I'll go next because because I'm actually in, in pretty good agreement right there. Uh, for a, a Michael Bay film, it is watchable. It's one that doesn't piss me off. Um, and so I, I think three and a half is actually a, a solid machine gun rate for this movie. It's fun. It's a little long. Um, yeah. But it, it's it's Sean Connery, and he's kind of James Bond. So I, I, I can't give it a bad rating because we know how I feel about every single Bond movie. It can't go below three machine guns. So I'm giving this guy three and a half. Um, I mean, I'm I'm pretty close to where you guys are at. I mean, this is a fun movie. I hadn't sat down and watched the whole thing in a while, so it was fun to fun to watch. It it is a little long. Like I feel like they could have done with. I don't know, maybe tightening up a little bit. Like the whole car chase, car chase thing that they added in, it's like, all right, I get why you added it in to have an action sequence, but it's not necessary. Um, some of the stuff with Nick Cage, I mean, Nick Cage is going to be Nick Cage, but it's a little, I don't know, he's a little much in this movie, which I guess you could say about most Nick Cage movies. Um, but would you say that um, of Nick Cage movies, he's more, like you can deal with them in this one a little bit more? I guess maybe. I mean, if you're especially if you're like in, in such close proximity to Con Air. It's like, this is way above Con Air in my mind. Like, mm -hmm. this is such a better movie than that. Connery's great in it. Um, I, I think I'd go with three machine guns for this. That's where I'm at. Uh, I'm pretty much in line with you guys. I, I think the acting in here is actually really good. Um, I don't think Nicolas Cage, you know, went full Nicolas Cage in this by <laughs> any means. Uh, and Sean Connery was serviceable. Ed Harris was really good in this. No, I, I think everybody in here was was doing a good job. The movie was not poorly directed by any means. There was a lot of good stuff in this. Mm -hmm. I would say a three and a half is a really solid, maybe bordering four, but three and a half definitely. This is this is a watch. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I, I like uh, if it could be like a three point seven five. Yeah, that, would be, that would be. What it's I, definitely watch. <laughs> Joe and I kind of looked at each other like. I mean, like I could see maybe if we were doing like maybe raising to like 3.25, but I mean, uh, to me, if Connery's not in this movie, it's like a two. Yeah, well, you're right. Yeah. Because he's basically makes this movie for me because he yeah. is awesome and he's a badass and he's basically James Bond. In this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are going to wrap up today's episode by actually sharing with our listeners um, something new that we're doing with the last action podcast. So we are going to go ahead and we're going to do some brackets. Oh, um, you know, I some can hear Xander's brackets. calling me. He's accusing me of stealing shit. <laughs> yeah, and he's not that far off. Nope. <laughs> so um, we're going to try this. We're going to have our listeners um, go on to social media to vote. And, and the first topic that we are doing is the best or greatest hero of all time. So the three of us, uh, Joe LPJ and, and myself, we, we worked together a list of 16 heroes uh, from various action movies. 
And then we we had to choose a certain film because obviously a lot of these people are in several films as their character. So we went with one film. And so what we're going to do is we kind of randomly um, put them in a bracket and we're going to have you guys vote. So you can vote on Facebook. You're going to be able to vote on Twitter. And then we also wanted to make this a bit of a Patreon special as well. So if you go on to patreon.com slash games of the media, um, you get all sorts of additional perks. Uh, and this is going to be one of them. You get an extra vote in who you think is the best hero of all time in action movies. So based on our, our random kind of generalizations uh, or lot, whatever that we did here, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> Round one is John McClane from Die Hard 1. He is up against Luke Skywalker <laughs> from The Return of the Jedi. <laughs> so you get to vote. Who is the better hero, John McClane or Luke Skywalker? That's a good good match. That is a good match. Right? <laughs> I think I know who I'm going to pick, but I, it's a good match. I, I know who I would pick, too. I, I don't know if I have a... Well, no, I think I, I think do know. you and I are picking differently. Yeah, I think so, too, but yeah, it, it's an easy one for me. Does our guests want to cheat and tell us who they're going with? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I would go with uh, John McClane. Yeah. It's good. It's a safe bet. <laughs> so um, our listeners, please go ahead and, and use our social media and, and Patreon and, and go ahead and get those votes in this week, all right? Yep. And uh, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and definitely on the GameZilla Media, uh, GameZillaMedia.com. Uh, and then check out all of our other podcasts as well. News and Dragons, Last Action Podcast, GameZilla Media. Or, we are, we we are, are Last, Last Action, Action Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> News and Dragons, Legend of Retro, uh, GameZilla Podcast, uh, Bob and ba- Movie Blast and Bob and Bax, Noiseland Arcade. Something for you each and every yeah, day of the we week. Had something every, all of, all, 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 we had stuff going on constantly. <laughs> People are always streaming, uploading stuff to YouTube. And with helping us up on uh, Patreon, you can sign up for $1 or $5 a month. Um, it's going to be with the, the $1, though, you'll be able to vote. Yep. Um, for us here. Um, but, you know, with all the stuff that we're doing here at Games of Little Media, we would love to have you sign on for Patreon. Absolutely. Yep. So with that, um, I'd like to thank our guest, my brother, Stephen. Thank you so much. I, I'm happy you brought this movie. I, yeah. I enjoyed yeah, talking I, I, about it for I sure. It. it was good. It, I, this podcast gives you a chance to revisit a lot of movies you haven't thought about in a while. So I like it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely hadn't thought about this one a little bit. <laughs> but I was glad. I was glad. We did. Yeah. Thank you for being here. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Cool. Anything you want to plug? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You ever get into a car accident? And I hope you're all right. Come on down to Jack Demmer Ford. <laughs> Help me make a little bit of money. <laughs> if you crash your Humvee into a trolley, you know where to get that Humvee repaired. If you yes. fuck up your Ferrari. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But uh, on that note, <laughs> this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll, we'll be, be back. back.